Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. They say opinions are like heads. Everybody has one. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. It's good to recognize the difference between Elohim's instructions and people's opinions. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in New Mexico and Nigeria. One of our daughters called me a few days ago. She said that the Ruach led her to read Romans 14. First of all, I'm glad our adult children call. And it is great that my daughter wanted to talk about being led by the Ruach and reading the Bible. And that is really a blessing. Mm -hmm. Our daughter is a college graduate and a young professional. She married a godly man who Tim loves and approved of from the start. Together, they have three beautiful children, and they are raising them to love Yehovah. Daddy, we have a lot to be grateful for. Amen, Mama. We really do. When she called me and mentioned Romans 14, I knew that would be our next podcast. So how about that? The Ruach HaKodesh, using our daughter to shake up the podcast schedule. Mm -hmm. Now, if you didn't hear the last podcast... Please check out Red Pill Torah, episode 168, titled Peter's Vision and the Sabbath. Today's topic is kind of a continuation of last week's topic, in a way, I guess. So, Mama, let's start reading Romans 14. Okay. Starting at verse 1, it says, Now, as for a person whose trust is weak, welcome him, but not to get into what the King James Version of the Bible calls doubtful disputations. We'll call them arguments over opinions. Okay. Verse 2 says, One person has enough faith to eat anything, while another who is weak in faith eats only vegetables. The one who eats anything must not look down on the one who abstains. An abstainer must not judge the one who eats anything, because Elohim has accepted him. Who are you to pass judgment on someone else's servant? It is before his own master that he will stand or fall. And the fact is that he will stand because Jehovah is able to make him stand. As we always say, the Torah is context for understanding the rest of the Bible. Now, I've heard some believers use this scripture as support for Elohim's dietary instructions being canceled out. Now, please notice that this example involves eating meat or not eating meat. Elohim has given us freedom to choose to be a vegetarian, a vegan, or a straight-up carnivore. Whether or not you eat meat is a matter of opinion, your opinion, and not an instruction from Elohim. And, to be clear, food isn't even the main point of this chapter. We really have to be careful about reading things into the Bible. Let's work to understand it for what it says, not for what we want it to say. Amen. This chapter is about matters of opinion. We read that in verse 1. We are able to receive weak believers, but not to involve them in disputes over matters of opinion. Now, I'll keep reading from verse 5. It says, One person considers some days more holy than another, while someone else 
regards them as being all alike. What is important is for each to be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes a day as special does so to honor the Lord. Also, he who eats anything eats to honor the Lord, since he gives thanks to Elohim. Likewise, the abstainer abstains to honor the Lord, and he too gives thanks to Elohim. Now, growing up in the Holiness Church, I heard plenty of teachings about how we were to dress. Open-toe shoes were forbidden for women, and for a while, there were only two types of shirts that the men could wear, long-sleeved white shirts and white shirts with long sleeves. Now, looking back, I know that the intent was good and based on helping us to live holy lives. While the intent was good, I would now say that these were matters of opinion. Elohim did not forbid any man to wear a blue shirt in the Bible, or any woman to show a little toe on the side. Now, in Yeshua's day, I imagine that most everyone showed a little toe on the side. But to meet a new believer and engage in disputes over shirt colors and visible toes would be an example of doubtful disputations and, I would say, a violation of this scripture. I agree, Daddy. I would also say that regarding Holy Days and Elohim's calendar, which is found in Leviticus 23, this is not a matter of opinion. It is actually an ordinance set by the Creator Himself. We need to be careful about applying this scripture in a way that suggests anything is of a matter of opinion to believers. Rulings and instructions from our Creator are not to be treated as the opinion of men. I can imagine how someone who only reads the New Testament might misunderstand Romans 14. A sexually immoral person could get saved, decide to live a holy life, read this chapter and decide that sexual immorality is a matter of opinion. That person could even refute discipline from elders in the assembly, saying that it's wrong for them to judge others based on his understanding of Romans 14. It's easier to make that type of mistake when you don't apply the Torah as context for the rest of the Bible. The Torah actually gives clear context to what Romans 14 is really about. Yeshua referred to it when he defined the greatest and second greatest of the commandments. The second greatest is found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. It says, You will not take vengeance or carry a grudge against your brethren, but you will love your neighbor as yourself. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 teaches us to esteem the interests of others as greater than our own interests. That's what this chapter is about. So let's keep reading with that in mind. Reading from verse 7, it says, For none of us lives only in relation to himself, and none of us dies only in relation to himself. For if we live, we live in relation to the Lord, and if we die, we die in relation to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Indeed, it was for this very reason that Messiah died and came back to life, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Amen. You then, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For all of us will stand before Jehovah's judgment seat. Since it is written in the Old Testament, As I live, says Jehovah, every knee will bend before me, and every tongue will publicly acknowledge me. So, then, every one of us will have to give an account of himself to Jehovah. Therefore, Let's stop passing judgment on each other. Instead, make this one judgment. 
not to put a stumbling block or a snare in a brother's way. Now I know, that is, I have been persuaded by the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if a person considers something unclean, then for him it is unclean. Now to our listeners, remember the context. This is about matters of opinion. It does not change Elohim's statements about things that are clean or unclean. So verse 15 continues with, If your brother is being upset by the food you eat, your life is no longer one of love. Do not, by eating habits, destroy someone for whom the Messiah died. Do not let what you know to be good be spoken of as bad. For the kingdom of Elohim is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, shalom, and joy in the Ruach HaKodesh. Amen. We should not make being a vegan a matter of one's eternal salvation. If Elohim didn't give instructions about whether or not to eat meat, that means we have the freedom to be vegetarians, vegans, or carnivores, or omnivores. Mm -hmm. If the Son of Elohim shall make you free, you will be free indeed. Just remember, the Son did not come to abolish the instructions of His Father, but to uphold them, all of them. Outside of Elohim's instructions, there is bondage. It may look like freedom, but the end result is death, a bondage that can only be broken by the one who will ransom us from the power of the grave. That's found in Hosea 13, verse 14. Now, verse 20 says, Don't tear down Elohim's work for the sake of food. True enough, all things are clean, but it is wrong for anybody by his eating to cause someone to fall away. So, miss, now we know that when the Bible talks about all things being clean, we know that it doesn't refute Elohim's judgments. The Bible is speaking within the context of what it is already said. In fact, as it relates to food, the Bible doesn't even consider unclean things as food. That's a Gentile concept, not the thoughts of Elohim or the ways of his holy people who follow his instructions. Mm -hmm. Everything that he made to be food is clean for food. Verse 21 continues with, What is good is not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. That's right. Not causing your brother to stumble is the point. The belief you hold about such things, which refer to your personal opinions outside of Elohim's instructions, just keep that between you and Elohim. Happy is the person who is free of, con of self-condemnation when he approves of something, but the doubter comes under condemnation if he eats because his action is not based on faith, and anything not based on faith is sin. That's verses 22 to 23. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and live as if your judgments about right and wrong outweigh God's instructions? Or would you take the red pill and simply do what the Creator outlines for us to do? Only you can answer that question. Jehovah Elohim's grace is all over the Bible, but it does not give us license to sin. Romans 6 verse 1 asks the question, Shall we continue in sin so that there can be more grace? Elohim forbid. How can we who are dead to sin keep living in sin? And what is sin? 1 John chapter 3 verse 4 defines sin as breaking the law, which we know as the Torah, God's instructions. Mm -hmm. As believers in the Elohim of Israel, 
we have a lot of freedom to live, love, and enjoy the creation of our Father. With that freedom comes the responsibility to follow His instructions. One of His greatest instructions is to love our neighbor as ourselves. That means we prioritize our neighbor's interests above our personal opinions, no matter how deeply we hold those opinions. Those doubtful disputations, like should you vote during your state election, or should you be compelled to volunteer for a job just because leadership suggested it, can be fun to debate and discuss, but they must not be forced on believers or used to justify harm to anyone, especially the weakest members of the body of Messiah. Well, Daddy, that's all we have time for today. Read the scriptures we shared and share Red Pail Torah with a friend. Thank you to our daughter for sharing on this great topic. And thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah where you can handle the truth.